Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady and Martin Paloma. Welcome into another edition of Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. I'm Neil McCrady, Martin Paloma with me as well today. We're just going to kind of wing it a little bit. We're going to talk to Alan Jones a little later in the week for a special edition of uh, Mind on My Money. We'll do yet another sort of COVID show. Actually, I have I have a lot of questions for Alan when we get to that place because things yeah, have, me too. Yeah, the landscape has changed and I'm not arguing with Alan, I just, right. uh, but I'm, I, I'm, I'm ready to challenge Alan a little bit. I'm curious to see what he thinks, and he might, he might have a completely different um, mindset than he did last time as well. But anyway, we'll get, we might talk about a little bit of that amongst ourselves here in a minute. But first, <laughs> let me tell you that I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios, Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi. The phone number is 662-257-1900. Call it, ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. Right to the bottom line, no hassle, no haggle. You get your quote, and the rest is up to you. Uh, what I would suggest that you do is hop into a Clark Ford. You'll love the product. You'll love the service after the sale. Corey wants to be your car guy. He wants to be your truck guy. He'll prove that to you when you make the call, 662-257-1900. And, Martin, before uh, we begin our rants or whatever it is that we're going to do today, <laughs> tell people about Pinnacle Trust and how they can get in touch with you all. Indeed, man. Um I am coming from my home studio again. Uh, it's kind of funny, dude. Uh, well, maybe we'll talk about this a little bit on the show. My daughter, long story short, my daughter started started a podcast also, and it is so much fun to podcast with her. We do some crazy stuff. So I, I have, I'm kind of taking our equipment back and forth, but I should be at the Pelican Club Studios at Stacy's house. But thank God, I'm, I've got the studio here. Um, anyway, let me just kind of remind folks about Pinnacle. They're Folks that have been listening for, you know, since the beginning are probably tired of hearing me, um, you know, talk about it. But if, if we've got new listeners, um, you know, Stacy started our company uh, back in 97, wanted a different way to uh, to approach uh, wealth management investment services for folks. Um, so he, he broke off and launched our firm. And um, we have been trying to do things different um, since 97 and are continuing to uh, try to stay ahead of, you know, where our peers are. One of the things that we were able to do with the equipment we have for the studio uh, during the quarantine was uh, to continue to update folks. And, you know, information was kind of uh, changing at the speed of light. That has certainly slowed down uh, a little bit, and we can kind of get into some of that stuff on the show too. But, you know, we were producing uh, updates, um, producing blogs that were pretty regular, and so I just want to say, say to folks, if you're listening and, you know, didn't get any info from your advisor or any contact from your advisor, or if you're doing it yourself and you now have stomach ulcers um, because of the last few months, give us a call, 601-957-0323. You can email us at info at com or uh, check us out on social media. We're really active on Facebook. Uh, on Twitter, you can search Pinnacle Trust or Mind on My Money podcast. 
uh, and we'll circle back to you. So um, Old Fashioned Telephone, 601-957-0323 or info at uh, pinntrust.com. All right, so um, we'll get started here. Maybe we can sort of tease our next show. I had a question on Twitter today that I posed. Um, it's already gotten a lot of feedback. It was something I thought about. I think I may not, have read it this morning, too. The, the following is not political in any shape, form, or fashion. It's, it's, it's a literal... I, I, I like to think of myself as a pretty logical person. And... Uh, so I was wondering, you know, this morning, watching the news, reading about protest in different places, um, you know, whether it's Washington, D.C. or Columbus, Ohio or wherever, it's not, again, not political before anybody thinks, nope, not political at all. But there's been mass gatherings. They started with uh, Memorial Day. There was a lot of media coverage of Memorial Day parties, one specific at the land of the Ozarks, or Lake of the Ozarks, I should say, in, yeah, in Missouri. That. Yep. Lots and lots and lots of people in the in the picture. Um, those happened kind of all over the country. And uh, obviously here in the, in the last week since the, the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis, there have been protests, mass gatherings all over the country. Not getting into the politics of it, not talking about whether it's looting or not, not touching any of that yep mass protests mass gatherings um just off the top of my head new york city yep washington minneapolis nashville nashville dallas uh birmingham alabama yep uh santa monica california um oakland um trying to think am i am i missing some that i I know i should uh, portland oregon uh, St. Louis, Chicago. That's enough. Point that's a proven. Lot. Yeah, that's a lot. My point is, in each of those places, large cities all over our country, north, south, east, and west, there have been mass gatherings. And so I asked a question, and I said, if, and it's that's the key word, if. Yeah. I-F, if. If. In a couple of weeks, because there's always been, and I say a couple of weeks, not to be a smart ass, but since this thing started, whenever there were people got together, hey, a couple of weeks, man. That's going to be gonna bad. Be bad. Yep. A couple of weeks going to be bad. Numbers going to be bad. Hospitals going to be full. Okay. So here we are on June the 2nd as we tape this. Memorial Day was May the 25th-ish. Yep. Yep. We're like, what, eight days out from that. Yep. So, so let's use yesterday, June first, as baseline, just because it's a it's an easy number to remember. Yep. Gotcha. If on June the fifteenth, which would be two weeks from yesterday, two and a half weeks or so since the protests began all over the country again, in the in the wake of the murder of George Floyd, and it would be another, gosh, it would be three, it'd be twenty two days out. Is that right? Or more than that? June 15th. It'd be, yeah, it'd be about, Memorial, 20, about, yeah. about 22 about twenty two days out from Memorial Day. Yep. So that's a pretty good baseline. We would have had mass gatherings. And again, I, I'm, and I'm assuming here that the virus does not differentiate between a party and a protest. 
I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna take that and put that on the list of things that I'm assuming, and I feel good about that. Yeah, I know where you're going with that. So if that's the case, then leave the politics out before you go. Well, but Neil, no, no, yeah. no, no politics at all. None, 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 none. That's no good. judging. No nothing. Gonna, you're not gonna get it from me, man. So, so no, I'm just talking to the listeners out there. Before you think, oh, but but nope, just just let that go for a minute. I know that's hard. And I know for a lot of people, it's really emotional and you don't want to let it go. But for this sake, this conversation, let it go. Yep. Mass gatherings, thousands of people stacked on top of one another. Yep. We saw the videos and the pictures. So if on June the 15th, if, and again, capital I, capital F, italicized, bold, underlined, different font, the whole deal. If there's no spike in Boston or Philadelphia or Atlanta cities I just left out or Dallas or Santa Monica or Los Angeles or Oakland. If there's no spike, what the hell are we doing? Yeah, dude. I mean, it's something we've talked about a lot and from, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put the business spin on this. I was talking with uh, one of our portfolio managers from JP Morgan. Uh, he lives in New York. Um, I won't say his name. That's probably not the right thing to do. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, we were talking yesterday and so they're all still working from home. Um, all of, all, of, I think J, I think said 10% of the staff at JP Morgan is, is, uh, has to be in the office and only, only that 10% are in there. Everyone else is, is working from home, and um, and he is in an area <clears throat> where uh, <clears throat> where the looting is happening. And anyway, so we were talking about we were talking about this exact thing, and I just asked. I said, you know, I thought that New York was, you know, one. It's it's, it's a hot spot, and I would imagine there would have been a lot of um, what's the word uh, <clears throat> like things in place to try to keep you know mass gatherings from happening. And I posed that question to him. I said, so if we look a month from now, and I said a month when I was talking to him, because I was, you know, I was thinking two weeks for the incubation period, then you have the hospitalizations and then it's, you know, either on the road to recovery or, or not. I asked, you know, if <clears throat> a month from now, if, if really nothing has changed in the regard that we have these massive massive increase of hospitalizations and in deaths I asked him I said is that is that the, the turning point for us for us to point at that and say hey this happened and <clears throat> and we were okay so let's let's stop delaying this because one of the things that they've continued to say to us is you know the economy is going to be a little hamstrung until there's a vaccine until there's a vaccine until there's a vaccine and dude and uh, maybe a lot of our listeners are similar than me I am I am really, really skeptical of a vaccine. Um, and I think it's a placebo. I think it's going to be a cycle. I, I wonder how many Americans will actually take the vaccine. A lot of people that I've just asked, you know, in a real general way, not any, not any more, I don't want to know any more information, just, hey, are you going to get the vaccine when it comes out? Overwhelmingly has been, no, I'm not getting it. And, you know, I wonder, so if this thing happens and there's no massive spike and, there is everything looks to be in the clear. Maybe the vaccine is not the turning point for the economy, right? 
are in sports and lie our lives our normal lives so yeah that was my that was my business spin i mean having the same conversations with guys in new york about this yeah it's it's kind of what i want to know i mean I, I i want to know if if there is no I mean, obviously if there's a huge spike well then i have answers yeah we have answers absolutely i was gonna say the same thing we have more data but if there's not a huge spike or if there's no spike at all and people go well there's there's more positives okay yeah, but we're testing more that's that is for whatever reason there are people out yep. there that just want to fight this and i'm like i'm, I'm i have no patience for them uh, dude those are the, those are the fear porn people and i'm done with them i'm, I'm done with them <laughs> no i mean they are they they are scared oh my they, gosh that is a phrase i am i'm still in that dude that is that is phenomenal. That it's was fear porn. It's they, they <laughs> that's it. that's what it is. They love it. They love it. They don't. They don't. And, and they I don't think it's, fear. I don't think it's necessarily political. I think it is with some people, but I don't think it is with the most. I think it's ideological. It's it's it's. I'm scared. I've been told to be scared, and I want. I like this scared. We're all scared together, and I like it. And 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 everybody. When other people start saying, "Hey, I've, I've, I'm not scared anymore. I'm going to go back," but, 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 but it was more. It, I just think it's a complicated thing. Yeah, I think it's a psychological thing. I do, but I look at it and go, okay, okay, wait, wait, hold up. Our hospitalizations down. Yes. Yeah. Our deaths down. Yes. Yep. Uh, is percentage down? Yes. We're testing more people, like at all these SEC schools that are Big Ten schools and stuff that are getting started next week with with voluntary in quotes workout uh, on their campuses. Most of those schools, the overwhelming majority of those schools, are testing the kids for COVID first. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's responsible. So, oh, sure, sure, sure. My point is, is that there, there's more testing right now. Indeed. Well, that was a so, question that I so asked. So, um, so 3% of three percent of 300,000 is going to be more than 3% of 170,000. Yeah, if you're looking at nominal But it's the value. same yep. percent. So if that's the case, Martin, and the percents are down – and the the hospitalizations are down and deaths are down. I mean, you, you kind of know the rest, right? Yeah. Well, that, dude, that was a – I don't generally get into the, like, jockeying and arguing on social media stuff, but there was a, there was a news outlet that's a local news outlet that um, it was yeah, maybe around Memorial Day weekend. They posted uh, They posted something on their Twitter feed that was like, you know, as Mississippi reopens, you know, cases are surging and it just, it, dude, I, I normally have the ability to refrain from commenting and it just, I just, I don't know, maybe that day I was just weak and, and I had to, and I just commented and it wasn't a bad comment, but then my question, and it, it was exactly what you just said is, Hey, okay. Cases are spiking. And I ask simply, can you show me the corresponding data of the number of tests? Because if the percentage of testing increased by, I'm just, and I threw arbitrary numbers out there, by 25%, but new cases only increased by 10%, then that's a win. Or if they were even, you know, new cases were up 10, I mean, testing up 10%, new cases up 10%, okay, that's relatively flat. What we don't want is, you know, new testing is up 10% and new cases are up 25%. Then that's, I mean, that's where we're moving in the wrong direction. And I was simple. I was just simply asking, you know, hey, show me the other side of the coin too. And of course, you know, I don't think they respond to questions on Twitter because I, I looked through all of the the feed and they didn't respond to anybody's stuff. 
But that was just, you know, it just struck a chord with me because it's, I'm a data junkie. I love data, but I also want the whole story. I don't want half of the story because I can spin, I can spin it any way I want to if I have an agenda. And I don't have an agenda. I don't, I don't have a political agenda about COVID. I mean, I do want it to go away. But dude, if you're gonna be in, if you're gonna be media in a news outlet, please, I mean, do your best to tell the whole damn story instead of the side that fits your narrative the best. And I realize that's a huge ask because both sides do it. But, and that's why I'm so frustrated with me. And I made the comment on, I think Stacy posted on Twitter, hey, who do you trust about COVID? And I said, I don't trust humans about COVID anymore. And that's true. That's where I am now is I don't trust anyone that says anything to me about COVID because it, there's an agenda behind it. If it's healthcare workers and I might get in trouble with this, if it's healthcare workers, they have a, they have a very different view on it than the rest of the general public. So their, their response is going to have a, you know, a more conservative, Hey, we're still in this fight. It's, it's bad. Cause they're on the front lines and, you know, but if you ask the right, the a right wing news outlet, they're going to have a different story than a left wing's news outlet. And, dude, it, I just I've quit trusting humans about this stuff. Yeah, I just trust data. Just give me percentages. Yeah, I want all of the data. I want. All it's one of the. It. It, it's it's one of the things I was asking. What's what prompted me is, and look, I know this is trivial, but I'm a baseball fan, and one of the one of the things that interested me was I was reading about as Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association try to come up with a uh, mutually satisfying plan to resume or to start the regular season. Yep. And the goal has been, hey, let's play in, Ju in July and we'll play without fans or we'll start without fans. And, of course, without fans means there's less revenue. Right. Significantly less revenue. And right. so the owners buying beers and hot dogs and yeah, yeah. popcorn. Tickets. Well, they're, and tickets. Well, they're not buying tickets. Yeah. So, so, and all the things that go with the tickets. Yeah. And so there's, there's re revenue streams are killed. Yeah. So yep. the, the, the owners had said to the players, so here's what we're thinking since, you know, we're, we're going to be taking it. Uh, why don't you guys take it with us? We'll do a, we'll do revenue sharing. And the players said, whoa, whoa, uh, 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 uh. We, we agreed to a prorated season. So, you know, if I make $10 million a year in a regular season, if we play a half of a season, I'm going to make $5 million. Yeah. And the owners were like, that's, ah, you know, listen, we're going to, we're going to all go under if we do that. You know, and the players like, ah, oh, we don't believe you show us your books. And the owners like, ah, the books are kind of complicated. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we really don't want to, we really don't have time to do that. And so the owners came back today with a plan that said, all right, so here's what we're thinking. You know what? We're, we're never going to get anywhere with this revenue sharing. So, f it. All right, we'll prorate your 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 salaries now. Here's what we're going to do: instead of a instead of an 80 game regular season, let's have a 50 game regular season so we can get to the playoffs quickly. Because the playoff TV money is better than that than than regular season. the regular season playoff yep. TV money. And if we go ahead and get to the playoffs, it lessens the risk of a quote second wave end quote which is another topic entirely yeah, but I was like, regardless what? I, so my thought was my thought was well so let's say you agreed today to a deal prorated and hey we're going to play whatever many games so you, you're going to need three four five weeks to get 
everybody ready. You're gonna you, pitchers are gonna need three to four weeks to get ready to pitch at the major league level without getting hurt. Yep, yep, yep. So so position players are gonna need three weeks. You've got some some uh, you gotta have to come up with schedules. You're gonna have to do some stuff. Realistically, I mean, the very earliest you're playing is say July the fourth. Great okay, so, well, that, great way to start, right? So, celebrate America. On my calendar, June fifteenth comes before July fourth. Uh, yeah. And so, and so by June fifteenth, and certainly in this case, by June twenty second, by June twenty ninth, even yeah, absolutely, you'd be able to look and go, "Hey, hold up, yeah. just hey, get the you, pause you, button." You, you guys remember that big party at Lake of the Ozarks? They'd be like, "Oh yeah, it looked like fun." You guys remember all the uh, those protests? Like, oh yeah, that was those were those were tragic to watch. Those were difficult. But you remember all the people, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's no spikes. Play ball. If if we can have again, no politics, no politics. If we can have thousands and thousands of people shoulder to shoulder, screaming, right? Screaming, Martin. Chanting and screaming, and again, no politics, no politics. I'm talking about logistics. Yep. In New York City and in Boston and, all and the in Minneapolis cities, all the and cities. in Detroit yep. and in Dallas and in Atlanta and in uh, Los Angeles and in Portland and in Denver. There was another – it was a big one in Denver, lots of people in Denver. So if we can have it in all of these places and it doesn't lead to spikes, then why can't you put people in baseball stadiums right. in Boston and New York and Minneapolis and Detroit and Atlanta and Dallas and Denver – and Oakland, why not? Someone help me, right? And I mean, I, that, that's my that is actually my question for for uh, for Doctor Jones is if that happens, is it is it a matter simply of well we just cannot admit that we were wrong, and I, that's a that's a fundamental thing that really bothers me. I admit when I'm wrong all the time because I'm wrong a lot. I mean, if I pick a game, I say, like, hey, you know, I really think Ole Miss is going to get smoked by LSU. And then LSU, then Ole Miss beats LSU. And everybody comes to me and goes, oh, you said. Yeah, I was wrong. I missed it. Happens. I mean, I think the most, most we've talked about this before, most civil people acknowledge that early on in this deal, you had to err on the side of caution. Yeah, because we didn't know. We had no information. And I mean, in. I trust a Chinese like I trust a wet fart. You know, I mean, it's just, I don't trust their data. And it's, you know, and it's proven. I think it's been proven, too, that they have suppressed the data. Uh, you know, and, uh, man, I'm I'm on, I'm on totally on board with you. There was a, there was an issue on, in, I mean, an issue, oh, my gosh, an article in Forbes uh, yesterday. And it was something I'd already started noticing for Mississippi, and I won't get into the, details of my little weird nerd work that I do on my on the weekends that people would probably think I'm weird for. Uh, I look at I, I crunch data and I crunch numbers just just to see for myself. But Forbes wrote an article and it was talking about the, you know, all of the deaths for coronavirus and it was not hiding the fact that that it was real, right? The deaths are real. And and, and the conclusion that it came to is one that I think that we're all beginning to come to as well as uh you know, nearly half of the deaths uh, are in long-term care facilities, and you know, and 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 I'm, and I realize, and I'm going to say this, and I know people are going to be like, you don't have to say that, but it because we know it. But you know, it, 
every every death is a person. I get that, <clears throat> so I'm not minimizing it at all. But m- most of the impact have been in those long-term care facilities, and it also reported that in New York, if someone from a long-term care facility has COVID and they are transferred to the hospital and they die in the hospital, that is not recorded as a long-term care facility death. So really the numbers are skewed even more to the, the, you know, the percentage of the population, which we already knew this, but now the data is just proving it, right? That almost all of the, more than half of the deaths have been in these long-term care facilities, but there are only, you know, 0.6% of the entire population. And there's some crazy stuff that happened with New York and the long-term care facilities that I still scratch my head at, you know, how some of those, how some of those things happened. But anyway, th- I think that the more data we get, we're seeing this. And I'm sure, you know, when, when Alan comes on, he's going to tell us, you know, hey, it's, it's not just the older folks. It's, you know, it is impacting, you know, other folks. And I'm going to say, I, I believe you. You know, like, I don't think that you're going to come in here and blatantly, you know, lie to us and say, you know, young people are, are getting sick too. But so I just extrapolated the data from Mississippi and the, and the numbers are now a week old. Uh, and it was at that time we were like at 625 deaths. Um, 315 deaths were in long-term care facilities. 310 were non-long-term care facilities. So automatically that's slightly more than 50% of the deaths from Mississippi were in long-term care facilities. And then so I extrapolated out, you know, someone in a long-term care facility um, had a, like an 80% chance, I mean, I'm sorry, an 18% chance of fatality if they caught COVID. Uh, whereas folks outside of the long-term care facility, it was, if you caught it, positive cases outside of long-term care facility, it was a 2.6, 2.8% fatality rate, which is kind of in line with what they were saying on the front end. Thought it was going to be around a two and a half, three percent fatality rate. So then I extrapolate that out even further to, you know, Mississippi population size of approximately three million, uh, 310 cases at that point, or 310 deaths at that point. So if you were in Mississippi, not in a long term care facility, if you're a citizen of Mississippi, you had a 99.98% chance of, if you catch COVID, surviving. And those were just my numbers, my, that was just math. And I realized that, you know, deaths are rising, but those numbers aren't going to change dramatically. So maybe it gets to, you know, a 99% chance of survival. And I just kind of wonder, I think to myself, I'm like, why did we kill an economy for something that has a 99% survival rate? Why did we not just quarantine the at-risk and elderly? I mean, that makes sense. I'm not saying we should have done nothing and just let people, you know, get killed. But I just look at was the actions that we took doesn't make sense and what the cost of those actions are going to be long-term. Because, dude, you and I were talking pre-show about some stuff and some numbers were thrown out. But the, a $9 trillion new, uh, you know, new debt that we have from all of this, 
someone is going to have to pay for that. And by someone, I mean us. Like, the piper is going to have to be paid. And I just wonder, you know, I sit there and I think to myself sometimes, it's like, was the, was the cure actually worse than the disease itself? And I'm just kind of like, and that's where I am with all of the COVID talk. And that's why when people spit their stuff at me about, you know, this side or that side with COVID and, you know, you're just a intolerant and you're not sensitive. I'm just like, dude, shut the up. I'm tired of it. Yeah. I, I mean, to kind of finish my, my point about baseball, because it applies to everything else too. If you can let fans in the stands, suddenly the owners and the players aren't that far apart. Suddenly the owners and the players go, okay, well, you know, let's play more games. That way we'll make more money because we'll play more of the season. And those revenue streams that you are worried have been cut off suddenly won't be cut off anymore. We'll turn the faucet back on. Yeah. Now, is are 45,000 people going to pack Bush Stadium in St. Louis? Yeah. Probably not. Probably not going to be some social distancing that happens naturally. Some people just aren't comfortable yet. I've caught myself. Yeah. I've gone to the gym. I think I've been four times now. And I notice that I get a little, I don't know, antsy, I think might be the word. Not uncomfortable. I stay. Maybe a little antsy, a little more aware when it gets crowded. Yeah. When it's when it's sparsely populated, I, I'm, I'm more comfortable. So, I'm probably not alone. I mean, I'm not every man necessarily, but I, I, I probably represent a certain demographic. Um, yeah, and I don't mean I'm a racial lot more or aware. whatever. I just mean I'm a lot yeah, more mean, aware now when I'm out too, dude. I mean, yeah, I do things so, I you never know, used to do. I have little hand wipes in my car, and when I get back in my truck, when I've been somewhere and I've been around a lot of surfaces that I've touched, I mean, I just clean my hands up immediately right when I get in the car. I never used to do that, man. I never no, used to do that. of course not. Yeah, of course not. I mean, so, you know. And it's you, not a bad thing either. I mean. No, no. I, th- I, th- I think it's a good thing. I think we're yeah. all going to change the way we yeah. the way we live. I mean, probably I. better you know, hygiene I, going forward. <laughs> my, my daughter, as you know, goes to the University of Arkansas, and they yep. got some guidance yesterday about what, uh, what to expect when they get back this fall. And, you know, um, they, they it was certainly hinted at them in, in the literature that she received yesterday that, that, when they're inside in classes and in hallways and such, that they're going to be encouraged to wear masks. I mean, the, we're, we're, we're not going to be exactly the same. The people that are like, oh, man, we're, we're just, we're just going to go back to normal. No, I don't. I, 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 that, I think that's crap. Yeah, no, I, I think it is. I mean, normal is the word I want to use. But, and I, I've re, I have resigned from using the word new normal. Um, I, I, I want normal, but I realize it's going to be, it's going to be a different, it's going to be different, you know. But but I do want, I want normal. That's just me being selfish. Yeah. So that's that's where I keep waiting for the common sense of it. And and some people came back with, well, you know, we don't have enough. I said, no, I, I didn't say today. I said if in two weeks. And in baseball's case, you have a full month from right now. The, I mean, Independence Day is is twenty eight thirty day thirty yeah, days away. Almost exactly a month. Yeah. You have a month. You have four weeks. It's it start. Independence Day's on a on a on Saturday. a Saturday. Thursday. I don't know. I think it's on a Saturday. It's on a Saturday. So you have you have more than a month to to uh, to make this call. Yeah. And so why not let why not let the data come in from? And that's what I was saying. I mean, we have a great accidental 
you know, opportunity for a real data set to see what happens when people gather in mass numbers. I mean, I say accidental. It, maybe that was the wrong word, but, you know, it wasn't planned. Well, th these, they weren't planned. It was spontaneous. Right. Um, yeah, these are, these are spontaneous protests that have yep. popped up around the country. And so uh, the, for, from a science standpoint, you, you absolutely are going to have data to analyze. Yep. You can look at the pictures and say, okay, there were X thousands of people in Minneapolis on these nights, in New York on these nights, in Atlanta on these nights, in Birmingham on these nights. You can look and you can see that uh, all, all races were represented. Both sexes were represented. Uh, the age range was uh, across the board. There was absolutely interaction. So if there was going to be community spread, that was an petri dishes, man, all over all, all over the country. No, so if absolutely. it spreads, if it spreads, okay, it spreads. Now, now the the scientists will come back and say, "Told you," yeah, and and I'll say, "You were right." Yeah. So you got, got to adjust from there. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with that. Absolutely, I was about but, to say if I will have no problem saying, "Hey, you know what? I was wrong in what I was thinking, and now I have, yeah. the, the data has proven me wrong." So. Let's pivot and adjust. Because I think also, I mean, we're talking about sports, but, dude, this is true for the economy as well. If the data comes out and, and everything is good to go, then there should be no governor in any state anywhere saying uh, we're not opening everything up. It should be, bam, uh, everything's open, com let, let commerce continue. And, and then if – but if we find the opposite that – you know, holy crap, sp cases, you know, spiked by 30%, deaths are going up by, you know, the same percent. And if and it, if it's the opposite news, then you go, okay, we had our, that was our real life test. And now we know we need to, you know, continue some of the things that we already have in place. I, th You know, maybe this was a, maybe this was, you know, an, another opportunity to get a totally different data set because everything else has been very contrived, right? We've, we have tried to control and here's a situation where no one controlled it. It just happened spontaneously. And I hope all of the scientists and the data nerds like me out there are going, all right, let's, let's dig into this stuff and make sense of it. It's, uh, I don't know. You know, it's it's why it's it's what bothers me a little bit. And again, it's June second when people say, you know, I think there's a chance that the stadiums will be able to be mostly full in the fall. Maybe like I saw where uh, where was it? University of doesn't matter. It was an SEC. No, I don't. I, it was it was a school, it was a big school. Purdue, maybe Purdue. That's what it was. He said, you know, we won't have any concerts on campus. And I thought, why not? Why say today, hey, we will not have concerts in the fall? I mean, you can always come back in October and go, hey, we can't do this. This doesn't work. It, but it, what bothers me is whenever anybody says something along the lines of, you know what, we think, we think we're going to be able to put people in the stadium. Maybe we can't fill it up, but we think we can put 60% pop population in. The pushback instantaneously. Oh, God, everyone's going to be dead. 
You're killing everybody. You're, you you hate you hate everybody's grandmother. Yeah. It really bothers me. I mean, like Georgia and Florida when they opened up, those governors were just just absolutely crucified. Ron DeSantis in Florida was was demonized. Florida's numbers are basically non-existent. Yeah. It's been a while. You know, and, and so and so no one ever comes back and says, "You know what? Maybe we were a little harsh on DeSantis." Maybe maybe we shouldn't have maybe we maybe we owe him an apology or maybe he was onto something. Maybe he knew something. I don't know. It's 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 the and I've said this all along, the 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 assumption of a second wave. Yes, you have to absolutely plan for the possibility of a second wave because some of these viruses come back, like the 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 nineteen eighteen flu that we've heard so much about. Yeah. It came back like a bitch With in the fall. Yeah, I mean, and dude, and we'll but not know all more. of them do. Like, like the the SARS didn't. Yeah, and MERS didn't. And that's the type of, I mean, and the SARS and MERS are more similar to what this is than, than flu. I mean, and dude, and, and we'll have more information as well. I mean, we know significantly more today than we knew sixty days ago. So I imagine in October, which is the 10th month, we're in the 6th month, that's 4 months. Sorry, I'm terrible at public math, but I pulled that one off. Uh, you know, it's that's double the amount of time to learn more. And I mean, and dude, there are there are there are companies out there that are I mean, in the race for you know, getting a vaccine, but also there's companies out there that are racing and think that they've they've triggered some treatments. So, you know, not the vaccine, but a treatment for once you test positive you can begin the treatment that will uh you know they've got i guess the antibodies that attack a certain protein in the in the virus and you know those are all promising things uh you know and i think maybe in the fall we're a lot closer to that we may not be there we may not be at the finish line and i don't know man i'm real skeptical about the the whole vaccine and i take my flu shot every year Uh, i don't know why i'm skeptical about it mm, there's something something just doesn't set well with me with and I, it's probably political stuff, but anyway, but yeah, we'll know significantly more then, man. I mean, and I, I hope, and even when we started, I mean, I remember Alan kind of saying, Hey, if we do all the right things on the back end of this, you're going to be saying, you know, why do we do this? We shouldn't have done this. And, and I hope that that's where we are and that he was right. That, you know, everything that we did on the front end really set up and we've had a, you know, we won this war. And, and we're asking ourselves, why the hell did we do all this? What did we do it for? I hope that that's the case. Because, I mean, dude, I know if we do, and I know Trump already said he was not shutting, from the national level, he was not shutting the economy down again. Man, if, if there's another quarantine or another lockdown, that's, a, that's not pretty for, for us at all. I don't... I don't it's not a pretty way out. Um, and, you know, and, and some of the economic death is going to be significantly worse than, than you know, the viral death. And that's what we're going to be looking at. So let's touch on the, the economy a little bit. We've been going for a while, um, almost 40 minutes. What is the uh, – what, what, what are you seeing in terms of the market reaction to uh, the slow reopen, the market reaction to the protest all over the country – the market reaction to 
some of uh, the president's uh, actions. I, I started to say antics, but I'm, I'm trying not to be political <laughs> at all today. Some of his, it's some of his actions. Though, man. It's kind of like the wet part of the ocean. It is. Uh, but obviously Trump's been in the headlines. Yep. Uh, the, the protests have been in the headlines. Um, the, the COVID stuff is still in the headlines, though. It's amazing how, how fastly, how fast some of the networks have pivoted from it. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But what, what, what are you seeing from the markets? Yeah, I mean, let's just talk, we'll talk about the markets first and the economy second, because I know a lot of people lump markets and economy together and while they are attached, they can behave very differently. Um, dude, markets have all but shrugged off, um, you know, especially uh, the, the protesting and the looting and the rioting. And we actually talked about that yesterday with our portfolio manager at, at JP Morgan. And he was also saying, he backed it up. He said, you know, historically speaking, when you've had periods of social unrest, um, you know, the markets don't really get into the social causes. There's really not a lot of impact into, you know, financial markets. Um, and, and they just get shrugged off. Markets are more impacted from political movements, political changes, and then, of course, you know, the broad economy, if, um, you know, with that, and that kind of goes without saying. So I'll say this. Markets have still been positive. We are, the S&P, this morning as we, before we started, it was right around 3,050. So to kind of give you a point of reference, when the coronavirus stuff started, we were, we were pretty close to 3,500 on the S&P 500. So 3,500 points. 3,500. It dropped all the way down to, you know, 2250 um, at the low-ish, which is, I mean, a significant amount of value lost in a relatively short period of time because the market started its free fall. Uh, we got back from Disney right after, it was right after Valentine's Day, and that was the first week of the free fall. So it was like, we'll just call it mid-February. And the bottom was put in on March 23rd. So it was four weeks. And for a frame of reference, so that was a, almost a, it's like a 36% decline, uh, 36% in losses from the top to the bottom. And it happened in a four-week period of time. So to just put some meat to that, the, the worst meltdown we've seen that almost everyone who would be listening to this podcast would remember no matter whether you're 18 years old or you know or you're 118 years old the 08 meltdown was was a significant meltdown as well and in, they had a the one year period so total total top to bottom drawdown was almost 50 percent but it was a it was the one year period of 2008 markets were down like 37 percent through the entire year it took a whole year 12 months to achieve the same amount of loss that we had in a four week period of time. That, that is breakneck speed. I mean, and I know people may be like, uh, you know, I don't really understand what he's saying. Like, I mean, that's, we went from zero to Mach three in, in four weeks, but then the melt up has been, you know, just as fast. So, you know, we are, that was March 23rd. So we're roughly 60 plus days. 70 days out from bottom 
and you know, and we're almost all the way back to the top. I mean, we're at, at almost 3,100. We're about 10% off of the highs. But if you think how quick of a meltdown and melt and melt back up that is, you know, and all of that had to do with fear and panic and people trying to make assumptions about the impact to the economy on zero data. So there's a kind of a theme here, right? Making assumptions on what's going to happen in the economy based off of no data. Well, when the data started coming out with the, you know, from the economy, things were bad, but they weren't as bad as we thought, right? And, and I'm, I'm going to say totally exclude um, Walmart, Amazon, Kroger, um, you know, CVS, and Netflix, and Disney Plus. Well, I know Disney got hurt because of the closing. Well, X that out. Di don't say Disney. Uh, but a lot of there's a lot of companies that really profited during this, and you know, and their earnings were great. But the companies we thought were going to get, you know, totally hammered, slaughtered, people were bailing. You know, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it was bad. It wasn't as bad as we thought. So you know, as we reopen, the economy actually still is. It's not as bad as shape as we thought. We do have really high unemployment. We're starting to see those numbers, you know, improve. Um, folks are starting to go back to work. I know Jen was laid off, uh, and she just got some little signs of hope. Uh, the last week, there was a job opening in her industry uh, that she applied for. She may not get the job, but, dude, that wasn't there three months ago. So we're starting to see, the, we're starting to see things crank back up. Here's where I get nervous. So a lot of this bounce back has been government-stimulated, right? So you had the Federal Reserve step in and you know, provide liquidity and prop up financial markets. Um, and then you had all the stimulus that came from the federal government within you know, the paycheck, paycheck protection plans, the SBA loans, you know, the uh, stimulus payment or the relief payments to the American citizens. So people are kind of um, like bandaged right now. What you've also seen is on the other side, debt has come down uh, from credit card balances have declined, you know, in the last two, three months. And, and the average American savings rate has increased. Some of that is some of the hangover from the stimulus stuff. But what we had going into the COVID crisis was we had a really strong American consumer, right? I mean, the economy was strong, but the American consumer was stronger than, than we've ever been. A lot of the jobs and this is people throw rocks at me. A lot of the jobs that were lost were, you know, middle income to lower income jobs, people that could not continue their jobs from home from with technology. A lot of the white collar jobs, the higher paying jobs, those people remained working. They might have taken a small pay cut, but they continued working. Uh, you know, so the and those are the folks who are really spending the bulk of the money in the economy. It's, you know, upper middle class and, and above. And so, you know, I kind of look, I'm just putting puzzle pieces together. I look at that and I'm saying, hey, the, Ameri the American consumer is not super fractured. Uh, you know, we've got, as soon as we reopen, I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of pent-up demand that's going to flow out there. It may take a couple of months. But, you know, on the optimistic side, I think maybe we're beginning of next year before we kind of feel like, hey, things are normal again, but I don't think this is going to be, you know, one of these long, 
drawn out two, three year recessions. The only the the big the big obstacle I see is there were probably a lot of several small businesses that were already on kind of the brink of bankruptcy or insolvency, and this thing just pushed them over into it. And they might they may stay afloat a couple of months with all the government, you know, PPP and the government help, but then once all that's dried up, they're going to go ahead and, and end up flushing out. Um, so, I mean, those are the obstacles. But, dude, I know I just, like, gave you a – I feel like Will Ferrell on uh, – with James Carville on the – uh, on that game show where he, where he just totally blacks out and gives a crazy answer that's way above his intelligence level. I can't no, remember. I, I can't I remember followed, the movie. <laughs> I followed a lot of it. I mean, there's 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 a lot of talk about you know a, a V recovery. Is that what it's called? Yeah, v shaped recovery. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. So you know, where let's say, I won't say my suspicions, but ah. Uh, you made me bet on it. If you made me bet, I'd bet COVID's dying. I'd bet I bet COVID's a non story by by August. Yeah. If I'm right and things get back and you know, like a town like Oxford, for example. Yeah. I hope it's a dead story in August, man. Yeah, well sure. I think we I mean anybody who doesn't is a needs <laughs> need, needs to get <laughs> needs slapped. To, yeah. I mean they need they need cold water, like, whoa, what's up, man? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean so but let's let's say I'm right. That that in August Places like Oxford are back to something close to similar to normal, and the college kids are back, and and uh, the the games are played, and and people are in the Grove, and people go to Vaught Hemingway, and people go to restaurants, and people go to bars, and people buy clothes at the stores, and yeah. et cetera. Well, then the economy's rebounding, and if it's happening in Oxford, it's happening in Startville, and Baton Rouge, and Fayetteville, and Athens, and all the different college towns that we could name all over the country. It means yep. it's happening everywhere. It, it means, you know, that I, I do things in sports. I can't help it. That's what I do for a living. It means that, uh, you know, the NFL stadiums are, are, are full and people are buying their Cowboys gear and their Packers gear and their Chiefs gear and whatnot. And people are spending money and traveling and staying in hotels and all of those things. And if that's the case, then the economy is going to bounce back to some degree. I, I don't know that the, I don't know that it's going to have a full V where it goes from where it was and, yeah. Say late January, early February. Yeah, either. we may not. I mean, we may not get a hundred percent back, you know, by by fall. But you know, we could be a lot closer than we thought we would be. Yeah. Um. So we'll 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 come back in in uh. We'll come back Thursday or Friday. I think is that what Stacy was telling us with uh. Yeah, because the guest we were supposed to have today was. Was um she was she was a SWAT team member out of Birmingham, <clears throat> and uh, and of course with all of the stuff going on in Birmingham, she she was unable to join us, which I totally understand. Uh, so yeah, sure. we'll pivot. To, I think Alan will we'll do either Thursday night or Friday. We'll drop it Friday, Saturday, um, something like that. But yeah, man. I mean, I do think I do think that uh, before we move off that, I I am optimistic. Uh, I, I think that. I think we're, we're going to come out of this. This is more like what happened after 9-11 versus what happened in 2008. You know, and we did have a hiccup in, 9 11, in uh, 2001, you know, with after the terrorist attacks. You know, everything kind of, especially in New York, shut down for for a little while. And, um, you know, and we, got, and we got going again. Of course, it wasn't as widespread through the, the ripple wasn't as widespread through the nation as it was in, you know, in New York and D.C. specific. 
Um, but life returned, you know, the economy returned to normal, life returned to, you know, a normal with some new, with some new things relatively quickly. You know, this was a little further drug out than, than, you know, an event like 9-11. So, I mean, I think, I think we'll get there. I think we'll get there relatively quickly. Um, you know, and we might have a little dip back down and come back up as we start seeing some bankruptcies, but man, I think you've already seen a lot. Like, the JC Penney's, the the retailers were the ones that were going to be the biggest, uh, the the ones that were probably going to drop first, and as an industry, and you've already started to see that. Hertz was kind of a surprise. I didn't realize how they were structured, um, highly leveraged. But you know, I think the ones that are going to have the big companies that are going to have a lot of damage, it's already it's baked in, like we know it. So unless there's some surprises, you know, I think we're in a, you know, in a positive trend. We'll tell you real quick, this podcast has also been brought to you by the refrigeration company, TRC, owned and operated by Jeremy Wattler. He's been in the refrigeration field more than 20 years, including five as a national service manager at TRC. They understand the great service means being responsive, and their highly trained, responsible, dedicated staff are available 24-7 to ensure your complete satisfaction. They specialize in ammonia refrigeration, but they work on any other HFC, HCFC, or CO2 systems. They're building winning relationships with customers in baking, cold storage warehouses, ice production facilities, and facilities serving dairy, food, poultry, and catfish processing. They're based in Spanish Fort, Alabama, but they're licensed in uh, Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Tennessee, and South Carolina as well. They can handle all of your company's refrigeration needs, including installation, fabrication, service, compressor rebuilds, ammonia detection, calibration, vibration analysis, and more. To learn more, call Jeremy Wattler, 251 348 8533 or email him at jeremy at com. So we'll, 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 uh, we had to scramble a little bit today. But yeah. We'll, uh, we'll I, th- I think we're going to have Alan Jones on Thursday or Friday. Alan yep. might feel like he's walking into a, into a, a attack zone, <laughs> into a firing squad. Yeah. I think he's going to be like, whoa, fellas. But no, I mean, I, look, yeah, we, we'll we joke. I mean, yeah. Alan wants the thing to go away too. I yeah, assure you. Um, yeah. yeah you know, I mean, just, dude, they're, you know, UMMC just announced that they cut 250 jobs. Um, folks that were making 100,000 or greater took a 10% pay cut. You know, they closed down the gym, which was the gym that I went to. Um, so, I mean, he's he's feeling it too, man. I mean, not only from taking care of patients, but he's, you know, they're feeling it in the in the pocketbooks as well. So, I'm sure he's also very ready for uh, a return to to normal. Yeah. All right. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll pause until there. So uh, for Martin Palomo, I'm Neil McCready. That does it for this edition of Mine on My Money podcast. It's presented by Pinnacle Trust. Don't forget, it's pintrust.com, P-I-N-N trust.com. Tell uh, Pinnacle Trust that you heard about them on this podcast, and you'll save 10% off your first year's fees. So until later in the week, uh, at least that's the hope. Take care. Stay safe. We'll talk to you then.